0: april 11th 2018 My name is Kellen Conley And you're listening to the Barack Obama approved World's greatest podcast Alpha Nation. First off I want to add an amendment An amendment to episode 56 Disney I didn't really say What I thought about it <laughs> I mean obviously I didn't say anything bad about the trip But let me just say I loved being a Disney like I was definitely no selling it leading up to the actual trip but I had a blast despite the fact that I didn't get to do as much as I'd like to do uh, I had a blast Angel had a great time I think she would say she had a blast and most importantly Aaliyah had a wonderful time at Disney and, and that's the main thing man like as much as I thought I saw a lot of cool shit at Disney and got caught up in the Disney magic seeing your child get caught up in the Disney magic it's it's something that's just incredible seeing her eyes light up at the different things and hearing the, excite, the excitement in her voice it's something you never forget like I said I hope to knock uh, Laura Willen hope to return at some point All three of us back to Disney But I loved Disney And I said in the show notes for 56 That I would go back tomorrow And I mean that shit If someone said yo I got this ticket to Disney And here's about $400 (laughs) For you to spend while you're down there I'd, I'd be all for it man Disney is everything it's cracked up to be. Everything, all the myths, all the stories, you don't get it till you're actually there. So, I love Disney. And then I also forgot to do my recommendations because I was so worried about getting the episode done because I'm on a deadline. So, uh, yeah, my recommendations is uh, the Nerdist Podcast... Now known as ID One Zero T, ID Ten T, or something like that. Hardwick changed the name, but Nerdist podcast number nine oh six featuring Dion Cole, uh, comedian, actor of on Blackish, among other things. You've seen him on. It's a funny ass episode. Actually, Cole has this one quote on it about everybody's everyone's picture doesn't deserve to be on the refrigerator, and. Everybody on the show was dying and I was dying. It's, and that's a real quote. Uh, everybody's picture does not get to go up on the refrigerator. In some households, everything goes up. But, real talk, you need to be selective about what gets that coveted refrigerator spot. Just saying. So, it's now under the ID10T feed. Idiot. That's the name of the nerd that he renamed the podcast to, no longer Nerdist. Nerdist.com lives, but the podcast itself is now retitled 906 Dion Cole. Very fun listen. And then the other thing I want to recommend—I <coughs> don't know if I've said this on the show before—but I watch a lot of Cinema Sins, and Cinema Sins is is like the bastard child. Well, not even a bastard child, maybe, but it's the. Um, it's definitely the, the prodigy of, wow, oh there's glass, uh, the prodigy of Honest Trailers, and I, I'm pretty sure I found CinemaSins through Honest Trailers, where Honest Trailers will break down a trailer and poke fun at it for different things. Cinema, CinemaSins will essentially go through the whole movie and just pick out everything that's wrong with that bad boy, and it's hilarious. So much so that I finish watching a couple of Sins videos and then I go to my Cinema Sins voice and then I'm like, stopping at a red light cliche, things like that. So check out Cinema Sins channel on YouTube. Uh, they are a lot of fun. <clears throat> this episode of Nation is brought to you as always by two people, two things. One is Mark Robb. The, M-A-R-C-ROB.wordPress.com. com. is a website ran by my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson, where he drops jewels of knowledge in the form of, I'd say, 10 minutes or less reads on different various topics, different various topics, on various topics. His latest piece, um, I've mentioned it before, or maybe that was in the take on, that I didn't use for the Disney episode, is about the similarities between the episode of Black Mirror and the Issa Rae show, Insecure, as well as some personal stories that he shared in that post. So make sure that you're checking out the Markrob.wordpress.com. And then the other, other way hyphenation is possible is due to hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Everything is there now. You got all the hyphen podcast group shows, including this one. You know, the hyphen pod group, Twitter continuously trashes me. And I, have, I have no idea why. They are responsible for all of the content now. All the feeds, all the things are right there. So hyphenpodcastgroup.com. It is hot in my car. Let's go down 72. It's only 41 outside. Now, first topic, and I mentioned last episode. This is where I was going. Is Nas done? And I don't say this in a way as has Nas fallen off, as uh, Nas no longer relevant, relevant, relevant. If you go back to episode thirty-eight, which you should, the twenty greatest MCs of all time, the greatest MCs of all time, Nas took number two. For a while, he was number one. But I have eventually settled on Jay being my number one guy. Nas is no slouch. He has had a career that spanned from I think Live at the Barbecue was '93, maybe '92. Illmatic dropped in '94. It was written. Dropped in '96. I Am, my first Nas album, came out '99. Followed by Nostradamus to close '99 then in 2001 we got Stillmatic, 2002 we got Godson 2004 Streets Disciple 2006 Hip Hop is Dead 2008 Untitled 2010 I want to say Distant Relatives with Damian Marley and then finally 2012 don't quote me Life is Good Now, ever since then, it's it's 2018, so I I think he came out in 12, so it's been six years since the last Nas album. As DJ Khaled found second fame and more exposure due to his Snapchat antics, and then started putting out albums again following his his, uh, second 15 minutes of fame. (laughs) Which I think is just about up again. On his album... Not the most recent one, but the one before that... He dropped Nas' album, Done. Featured Nas. A very good song. I, I always liked it. And... I remember Nas dropping... The Season at some point. When he rapped over that Dilla beat... That might have been 13 when that came out. 13 or 14. I think it was 13 when he dropped that. He made an appearance on... Jay's... 2013 album... Magna Carta Holy Grail... On BBC... Billionaire Boys Club... Not What You Think You Pervs... (laughs) Or maybe I'm the perv... But then since... I mean... We've always seen rumors... But, there's there's been nothing. Jay's drought ended last year, because his drought went from 13 to 17, and there was some speculation that he was never going to come out with an album again, and thank God he did. It was four years, and I think that to be Jay's longest time in between albums, because Black Album was 03, Kingdom Come was 06, Blueprint 3 was 09 he did four years leading up to Magna Carta Holy Grail too but I mean you could also throw in there that he did Watch the Throne which came out in 2011 so that that counts just like day, distant relatives counts for Nas but Nas has an active social media presence of course he's raising his son with Khalees uh his daughter Destiny who was a uh, the focal point of his song Daughters from his last album. I She's at least over 18 now. She should be in college, if not finishing up high school. But is that is Nas done? Like, it's been six years. And 10 years ago, even, a six year gap in between albums. Is like a death sentence But he's nice He's one of the greatest MC's of all time Well Highly regarded Throughout the lands Of music For what he's done And his contributions Six years Is a long ass time (laughs) And when I get stopped I'm going to google it I'm going to get my podcast and 101 on To find out when Life is Good came out No new Nas music, man. (coughs) Excuse me. There might have been a couple Lucys here or there that's dropped, but I've been long out of the hip-hop blog game, and hip-hop blogs aren't even the same anymore. I check out Two Dope Boys, and I I check out Not Right every now and then, Rap Radar. Rap blogs are definitely not what they were even five years ago. Definitely a shift in the game there. So the question is, is, is Nas going to come back out? Like, he doesn't have to. I mean, let, let's, let, let's look at a resume. Illmatic, classic. It was written. My personal opinion, it's good. Some people think it was written is dope, super dope. I am. I love that album because was my first Nas album, but it's not that great of an album. Nostradamus highly slept on better than people remember it still mad at classic Godson my opinion classic Streets Disciple that whole double album thing is always a hard thing to come by but it's it has its moments hip-hop is dead worse than you remember it but still decent Untitled classic, Life is Good it was good, it's a good album. Distant Relatives was good, so Nas at this point really doesn't have anything left to prove. And who's to say that without no idea pushing, despite the fact that people were always saying, Oh, Jay's in the studio with this producer and this producer, and he's done this, and he might do an album with Beyonce. It still makes you wonder, like... He doesn't have to come back out. He really does it. Nas is in his 40s. He's a couple years younger than Jay. Nas can... chill the rest of his life and drop a song if he really feels it. Thanks to the way the music's evolved. Do features. Do shows. And be straight. Like when was the last. Rakim album. When was the last KRS-One album. There has only been one. Rev Run solo album. And that was in 2006. And it was, uh, it was okay. The mind on, mind on the Road is still a dope track. I, I'm trying to think about other classic artists. That just stopped. Stopped because they didn't have to anymore like their position is sealed obviously due to tragedy we never got the ending of Pun or Biggs or Pox careers the way we wanted to Andre's never going to drop a solo album at this point Common's still making music but he's always one good album one bad album kind of thing Become in his transition into Hollywood so much that he doesn't have to do music anymore. It's not a necessary thing for him. So is Nas done? I want to say no, but I do feel like at some point. Whether it's this year or at least within the next two years We'll get one more Nas album It's all about timing Especially when you're at that age and at that stature You have to Really be in a moment To feel the need to put out an album And Nas may have his album done He may have four albums done at this point and he just hasn't felt the need to drop it. Whether that be personal reasons or label drama, which I don't think exists for him anymore. I believe he's still signed to Def Jam. So it just might not be a thing that he worries about like that. But I think we'll get one more Nas album. But if it, if, I, if we get to 2019 or 2020, or no Nas album, I think he's done. I don't see the point at, at that point. Especially with as rapidly as the hip-hop landscape is changing every single year now. I. But there's some to say that not, that Jay's voice wasn't. Yeah, it came out on July 13, 2012 is when Life is Good came out. I don't feel like. People felt felt like Jay's voice wasn't needed anymore, and then look what he dropped—a top three album in his catalog—and just for funsies, S's and G's. My Google news. Yeah, there, there's nothing, nothing about anything. <laughs> so. I don't know, man. I want to say yes because of a fan of me. So Nas might be done. Next topic. My brother. My stepbrother. Travis Walker. Known Travis for many years now. Uh, my birth mother, Barbara, married Paul Walker... I wanna say it was like uh I don't know, ninety eight something like that, they got married. And Paul had two sons, Travis and Jermaine. So I met them really early on in the relationship and ever since we I mean we've had a good relationships. We're not super tight due mostly due to me not being around. But I mean I've always had a good time whenever I'm with them. And Travis and Jermaine turns out that they have a sister. Now I don't know where this sister came from. I haven't talked to Travis since all this happened, but they found out that a sister. They reconnected for the first time in their lives, and turns out Travis's sister needed a kidney. And she had been on the waiting list for a long time. No matches. So she was starting to get really sick. And they thought for sure that she wasn't going to make it. Well, it was not long after Travis meets her. And this is the kind of guy Travis is. He tells her, I'm going to go get tested. And I'm going to be a match. And then I'm going to give you give you my kidney. Give you a kidney. And she's like, "Oh well, you know, I really appreciate that, but I mean, at this at this point, I mean, there had been no one that could possibly help her." Travis goes to tested. it, uh, and they had to wait for the results to come back. And then I, she, I believe, she had said something about a few weeks had passed and she hadn't heard anything, so she didn't think that he was a match, and he just was couldn't bring himself to tell her. Travis calls her up one day and is like, Sis, I'm a match. Let's do this. So, <laughs> Travis Walker, my stepbrother, gave his long lost sister a kidney. And helped save her life. Without a second thought about it. Like not even think about any of the complications that go with things like that. This, that, and the third that you have to worry about when it comes to you know. You know, I mean, it's a complicated process. It's not. It's not like there's a little hatch you open up on your back, and then they just reach in and disconnect your kidney, and then re- open the hatch on her back and connect the kidney in, take out her old one. Like none of that is uh relevant it's a complicated process and Travis was so selfless in uh, his mission to save his sister and he's just like yeah whatever you need and it worked out God looked out so his sister got a kidney he's doing much better they're, they're both she's recovering and adjusting obviously he's um, back to his normal everyday grind he's a flight attendant uh, spends time with his grandma all the time and post snaps of her so with all the bullshit that's out there in this world i think everybody could take a lesson from travis be a little bit more be a little more selfless i talk about being selfish at disney i think we all could be a little more selfless i think it'll do a world of good and i didn't even know i found it on facebook An angel told me. Angel's like Travis donated a kidney to his sister. I'm like, sister? They don't have a sister. What? And then once I saw everything, I texted. I'm like, Yo, I had no idea, man. That's that's incredible. He's like, Yeah. He's like, Yeah, no big deal. (laughs) All in a day's work. So shout out to Travis, man. Next topic: life after the protest. I haven't updated y'all on the West Virginia teacher strike. It actually ended the day we left for Disney. Nine day teacher strike. They finally came to terms on a 5% pay raise and fixing PEIA, the insurance that the premiums have gone up ridiculously high. They have put a freeze on it and have formed a committee to fix PEIA. So it's more affordable for the teachers, and the teachers got a five percent raise, which will go in effect in the next fiscal year, which starts this summer. And not only did the teachers all get five percent pay raise, but they also got it for all the state workers, um, as well, including uh, police officers and employees of West of WVU and other other West Virginia employed people. <laughs> So, mission accomplished. Excuse me. The thing is, and I, and I found this interesting, is for nine actual school days and then weekends, and everything leading up to it, it was all about this all-out picketing and striking and Protesting And going to Charleston. And Angel and all those teachers all over the state. They came together. United 55. 55 Strong. 55 United. Hashtags in front of all of those. They all came together from my county in Hampshire. All the way down to the most southern count counties in the state. All stood by each other. And the superintendent stood by them. And nobody had to be... Officially, um, y- you know there was not nothing that got too hectic with it. There was never a point where it's like, if you uh, all the teachers are supposed to be in school, and then none of the teachers went to school. There was nothing like that. There was consistent closings of schools, so nothing. There was no real ramifications for the teachers, thank goodness. And since the strike ended. Other states have since risen up to fight their own governments for more pay raises, like Oklahoma, for example. I believe they're trying to get $10,000 raises, don't quote me, across the board for everyone. And there is another state, and maybe Mississippi, because I think those two were the only ones below West Virginia, as far as pay, trying to also get raises and are striking. So what all the teachers in West Virginia did has had a has had an impact on other states across the United States, which is pretty incredible. What was weird for me was we went to Disney. Day of strike ended. Angel couldn't go to school. Obviously, we're we're flying to Disney, and we get back, and everything had been protest, protest, protest. Like even Aaliyah knew. Mommy, are you gonna go pick it today? And and she understood why mommy was wearing red for certain days, and why mommy was wearing her her United Teachers shirt, Teachers United. Um, and she had a a shirt that represented the teachers as well. There, like when it was happening, there was constant presences across Morgantown of different teachers from different schools holding signs and. And getting people to beep every time they would go by, and to come back and it just be over. I mean, naturally protesting, but that the have that energy suddenly gone of resistance. It, it was it was weird. Not that I wanted the strike to go on forever. I wanted I wanted the teachers to get what they wanted, and they ultimately settled on something. I obviously a teacher should have gotten way more than just a 5% raise and same with the state workers. But with all that said, it, it it's it's a little the def- I guess deflating is the word that it's all over like that. There, there's no more no more protest. And It just makes you realize the power of the people when they really come together. Unfortunately, the power of the people, as well as whatever other things might be out there that haven't been confirmed. The power of people put Donald in office. The power of people is the same reason why the state workers and PEIA is being looked at to be fixed. So Never under, under never underestimate the power of the people, man. I know Angel was glad to be going back. She missed her, missed her students. Missed her kids. But, um... When that energy's gone, there is a little bit of a void. And then also, I do want to announce that while Angel was at Disney they actually moved her West Virginia History Bowl team's regional competition, which is supposed to be the weekend before we went to Disney. They moved it to the weekend we were at Disney. Angel's routinely taken two teams to regionals and normally comes out first place, second place. She was devastated when they moved it. Luckily, some co-workers of hers, friends, took the kids to the regional competition, and they still took first and second. While we were chilling in Disney. So congratulations to them. And they're gonna be moving on to the West Virginia State History Bowl competition. And maybe this is the year the Angel gets her second championship. So all the good vibes towards that. Please. Next topic. Um uh, the art of the Chinese buffet. <laughs> um Angel and Aaliyah went to Columbus, like I mentioned in 55. I think I mentioned that in 55. Pretty sure. Anyway, Angel and Leah went to Columbus a couple weekends ago. So I was by myself uh, from Friday until Saturday night, right before Easter. And I had actually planned on doing this the Sunday before, because I was starving. But then I just held out and decided to go get a sandwich from somewhere. I went to the best... Chinese Buffet in Morgantown. Now, if Chinese is in your thing, I'm sorry. But we have a buffet called the Number One Super Buffet. And it's your typical Chinese food fair. And I've been there several times. I want to say uh, less than 10. But I've definitely made know my way around the place now. And here, here's some tips <laughs> for n- the art of the Chinese Buffet. Now, this is how I did it uh, that Friday after I got off work. I got in there. First thing I did was I got a little salad. And I got a couple of the pasta salads and stuff just to start. I hadn't eaten most most of the day. Like I think I had something in the morning. But I hadn't eaten most of the day. So I was hungry. Definitely bring your appetite. Don't go to any buffet having had a, a normal lunch and a normal dinner. And be like, oh, I'm going to go to the buffet. Because you're going to drop. Whatever the buffet price is, I think ours, mine was like fourteen, and I got a water. Whatever, don't go there, and then like get one plate of food. Like, come on, it's a buffet, man. Like, as much as I complained last episode about people needing scooters because of certain reasons, <laughs> if you're going to the buffet, you got to be going there to eat. You got to prepare. So I, I drink water. And I think I had some other, I had some coffee, obviously, that I drank leading up to getting off working on the buffet. So I started out with the salad and the um, sides, then I moved right to the grill. Now, number one Super buffet has a grill area where you can you can pick the uh, actual cuts of meat from a selection. Uh, you can get some noodles in there too, some veggies. Then you get a little bit of sauce. And trust me, I only put three scoops of sauce in this bowl this time. And there's been times I filled it up way more. And every time, the chef says too much sauce. I'm like, bro, it was three spoonfuls of <laughs> three spoonfuls. And he's like too much sauce. But I went, with, I went with the steak and went with a little bit of beef. I didn't do any noodles. And I think I threw a couple of veggies on there, like some onions and some uh, green peppers. And he grilled those up for me. And then I went back to my seat. I think I got some rice to go with it on the way back. And had that. And so that, that was the main course for me. So I, I knew that anything I eat after this, I'm going to be really be picking at. Because I knew that was going to mostly fill me up. I didn't want to gorge, which I've been known to do at a Chinese buffet. So I had that. And I was like, all right, well, let me just go see what else is around here that I want to mess with. So, I had to stop at the crab legs. I knew better. <laughs> One thing with Chinese buffets, hell, anywhere. Crab legs are a bitch if they're not hot and fresh. They're not going to open for you that easily. And especially not these that have been sitting in water for Lord knows how long. But I still had to try it. Needless to say, I was disappointed with the crab legs. I... Had uh, uh, um, I didn't do I didn't do the chicken wings this time, but I did. Um, I think I had a little bit of noodles and some honey chicken and things like that. So that was my third plate. Then I went in for the kill. <laughs> they also have a sushi bar, number one super buffet, and there's an actual sushi chef making it, so it's pretty fresh as it comes out. So I filled up my plate with a decent amount of sushi got my wasabi and my soy sauce all together and I I ate that delicious and I was like alright I know I'm at at the tipping point here so let me see what desserts they have obviously they have ice cream but I thought they would have a little bit more a little bit better selection of desserts so they didn't have a whole lot so I ended up with like two uh, small pieces of cake uh, that they had out and I had those and then it was a wrap for me uh I decided that I wanted to leave my hat there. Thankfully, they didn't get rid of it, and it was there when I realized when it was the last place I checked last Saturday to see if my hat was there. So I got my hat back. It smelled like Chinese food. Still a little bit, but I did throw some disinfectant spray on there. So shout out to disinfectant spray. But that that's how you that's the art of the Chinese buffet. You don't want to go in too hard. You don't want to fill up your plates too much, because I mean if, if you're into doing a big heaping plate of food and then you're full and you're done, that's fine. But you gotta know what you like. You gotta know what they make well. Cause there's nothing shittier than getting a plate of food and you start eating some stuff and you're like, oh, this is disgusting, this is disgusting, this isn't good. So I would I would definitely say if you especially if you're going to a new location that you you play play it safe. Just put a little bit on your plate so you can taste things. Once you figure out what's what, then you can go back obviously and have more. And I went with water for my drink. uh soda just takes up more room too. I learned that from Man vs. Food. <laughs> Shout out to that douchebag Alan Richmond. Alan Richmond? Is it Alan Richmond? Adam Richmond. I mixed up Alan Rickman and Adam Richmond. My bad. So that's 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 the hyphenation official tips for how to eat at a chinese buffet and if you know the lady land like i did you will um definitely get full without gorging yourself and if there's a, a live grill there i'd say definitely don't sleep on it and then if, if you do overdo it there fine but that the grill food and the sushi will fill you up quite quickly. And I'm glad that you were all asking me about my Chinese buffet uh, tips because this is a question that I've been getting since like the beginning of the show. Like Kellen, how do I go to a Chinese buffet and and eat without and eat and actually enjoy myself for the amount of money I'm spending? Well, now you know. Uh, episode 57 is so lit Um, but if you're ever in Morgantown hit me up I will totally go to number one super buffet with you I don't mind at all and I will help you navigate as well as I did oh and uh I think I mentioned before that when Nicole and Eric Came to visit me and Angel that one time when they were doing their little road trip a few years ago. Like, I think Jada was too. And there's a bunch of guys in this parking lot doing stuff and getting in my way. Classic. I, I took them to Martin's Barbecue, which had recently opened, but Martin's Barbecue did close. So no more Martin's Barbecue. It was, it was good, though. They said they liked it. They probably hated it. Next topic, congratulations to one of my good friends, Rick Harper, better known in some circles as uh, Johnny Harmonic. Johnny, uh, I met through the Morgantown rap scene. He was a part of a group that I would eventually become a part of, and that would be Sound Vision Recordings. And he uh, released several songs over the years. Never got to drop that debut album, but let me just tell you, you know, Johnny's one of the most clever rappers that I've ever met personally, and one of my favorite rappers locally extremely talented that Johnny Harmonic and my rubber band just broke I got one rubber band holding the phone in damn it Nah, damn Morgantown Roads but Johnny's also a big comic book nerd so we've bonded over that We went to go see several of the Marvel films together including Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy 1 when it first came out well Mr. Johnny Harmonic Got himself married this past Saturday. And I could not attend. I had to work. And I was not able to get off work and then make the six and a half hour trek down to North Carolina where him and his now wife Meredith were ge- were getting hitched. So I, I was regretful about that. I did get to see Johnny the Saturday before the wedding because I went over to E's house. Because again, I was bored. <laughs> uh, Angel and Leo we were out of town, so I went over to East House, to play some 2K. Won both games of 2K by the way, even though I hadn't played 2K in months. So shout out to me for that. Sorry. Sorry not sorry. <laughs> From there, Johnny pops up. And I told him about the wedding and everything. He's he, he's like understands and then we're just sitting there hanging out and listening to music, listening to beats drinking some beers doing man things on a Saturday afternoon and then Johnny says he just got back from the jewelers with his ring for the wedding Uh, did not put down the damn jeweler's name it wasn't one of the typical chains though, it was a local jeweler here in town and Johnny was like, I'm not happy about my ring I ain't happy about my ring, man (laughs) That sound more like DJ from uh, Hustle and Flow. So we're like, all right, well, you're not happy with your ring? That's fine. Can we see it? And so he's like, before I show you this, let me let me show you show you exactly what this ring's supposed to look like. So this ring is like a family heirloom that men in his family have worn for years, if not generations. I think I could say generations. Worn this wedding band. And what it is, it is a beautiful gold ring. And inside the ring, there is this intricate design. And then the ring itself is pretty thick. Um, and heavy, because it's all gold. It's an absolutely gorgeous ring. Johnny was like, I gave them an ounce of gold. An ounce of gold, right? My Johnny's way off right now. I don't care. I gave him an ounce of gold hyphen. And I told him I wanted my ring to look like this. And they messed it up. I'm like, how they he mess it up, Johnny? He's like, I'm going to show you. The the gold I gave him was worth $1,600. And this this is what they gave me back. And I was not happy. I I had to have a conversation with these jewelers about my ring being messed up and my wedding only being a week away. So Johnny finally pulls out the ring. This ring is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. You can feel the weight of the gold in your hand. Uh, you can, it, it, the design and the shine on the ring are all perfect. Beautifully done. Fine craftsmanship. But here's what Johnny had wrong with the ring. Instead of the deep... Instead of the deep ridges that's within the center of the ring for the design... Whoever did the original cut of the ring... Did more like light strokes. So it wasn't as defined. And that was Johnny's main problem. So it looks braided. The picture that Johnny showed us, it looks braided. And in the picture from the wedding day, it looks braided. So he must have fixed it and got it back in time. The middle looks like it's braided but the one that Johnny had on last Saturday, two Saturdays ago, it looked like a just a little fake design. You couldn't really think you wouldn't really think I was a braid. It looked more like a um almost like a a vein, so to speak, like a root, you know, with like a stri- a main line and then like the branches of the roots are branching out into the ring. Still absolutely gorgeous. And I can't tell y'all how mad Johnny was that this ring was messed up. He's like, I can't believe this shit. I'm getting married in a week. He, he was stressed out too, man. He was stressed out about a wedding. Uh, I, I know that feeling. I was stressed out up until the moment the actual wedding started. <laughs> so I totally get that. And I didn't even have to do any hard work. Angel, again, did all the planning and stuff. I just really had to show up. Had a couple things to do here and there. But nothing too serious. Shout out to Angel, but Johnny was hella mad about this ring being messed up. And it really, he he didn't settle, which is good. Because the one that he posted with Meredith's ring on Facebook is way, way more better than the one that me and E saw in person. But I wouldn't be mad to have that old ring either. It, It was gorgeous as fuck. That's the only way to say it. It was gorgeous as fuck. (laughs) Gorgeous AF brother Gorgeous AF And I may or may not be writing out an episode title So congratulations again to Johnny Really happy for you guys Really happy for you I'm going to let you finish Sorry I didn't make the wedding But you didn't make mine either Johnny So I guess we're even bro (laughs) Next topic Ray Allen. Was Ray Allen elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame? I don't feel like he was. Or was he? Time for some podcasting 101. Ray Allen went to school at Connecticut. And was drafted... I don't even remember who he was drafted by because he was traded to the Bucks, and I completely forgot about that. Ray Allen. Let's go check the news first. Oh, wake up. You act like I'm asking you to do rocket science here. Yes, Ray, Ray Allen is going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Ray Allen is a shooting guard who played for Connecticut in the early 90s. Oh, mid-90s. He was the 5th pick overall in the 1996 draft. A loaded 1996 draft. And, let's see. The Timberwolves, oh wow. The Timberwolves drafted him with the 5th pick in ninety six. And then immediately after the selection, they traded Allen and Andrew Lang to the Bucks for the rights to 4th pick Stefan Marbury. I completely forgot he was swapped for Marbury, wow. That's crazy. Get back to the point of the of the topic. Ray Allen's going to the Hall of Fame. Ray Allen deserves more credit from the Celtics. And I know I got some Celtics fans on here. So we're, we're going to have to have a talk. Now, I've infamously walked back my comments on Kevin Durant. Just as I infamously walked back my comments on, on uh, LeBron James leaving for Miami. The whole thing stems from Ray Allen was traded to the Celtics in 2007. He paired up with Paul Pierce and and also traded for Kevin Garnett and the Celtics managed to survive the playoffs after a great regular season to win their first NBA championship since 1986 and their last NBA championship as of this recording. From there, 2009, they had a great start to the season, but Kevin Garnett hurt his knee, and they bowed out in the second round to the Orlando Magic. 2010, they were back, but that was also... Um, or who did they lose to in 2010? No, in 2010, they made it all the way back to the finals, and that's when they lost to Kobe in seven, mostly because I feel like Kendrick Perkins got hurt. In 11... That was LeBron's first year in Miami. They lost Miami in 12. That was one of my favorite seasons. Because 12 is when the Celtics pushed... They were up 3-2 to two going back to Boston for Game 6. And then that's when LeBron caught fire. And in 2013, I believe, is when the breakup happened. Uh, so Ray Allen, aging score... One of the deadliest shooters in NBA history. Was essentially. A key component of Boston's success. In the late 2000's. In the late aughts. To the early teens. Whatever they call these years right now. And was still. A major factor. I was was re-watching. A series by Dom 2K. I know I've mentioned him on the show before. About the greatest playoff series. And about the Bulls in Boston. In the 2009 NBA playoffs. When they played each other. Ray Allen. Was playing out of his mind. That series. And honestly. As much credit as Paul Pierce has gotten. And as much discrediting. Paul Pierce has received recently. KG did a lot. But KG also had been in the league since 1995 by the time he got to Boston. KG broke down, and we saw what he became by the 2010 season. He was still a big presence in the middle, but KG wasn't giving you 24 and 10 every night. He was still KG, but on the other side of his prom. Paul Pierce led the team and scored but Ray Allen and Rondo, honestly, were the unsung heroes of that team. I know Ray Allen is mentioned in the big three for Boston. But Allen did so much for those Boston teams. He made big buckets when he had to. He he played as good of defense as he could at that age. He would put up points when he had to. Ray Allen was still killing it. Now to reference Dom2K again, there's a video about why Ray Allen and the Celtics essentially broke up the way they did and they have this animosity towards each other. And the only reason I, I bring this up is because I saw something recently where Ray Allen was talking to Skip Bayless or something about why he should be more respected by Boston and how he doesn't understand why things are the way they are. Apparently, there was some kind of reunion of the 2008 team recently, all the key players, and Ray Allen wasn't invited. And for several years now, Ray Allen hasn't been invited. But if you watch this Dom2K video about Ray Allen, it it stems down to this about what happened. Several times, the Celtics tried to trade Allen. All part of business, sure. Sure. But when you're on a successful franchise, who's who for from 2008 up until 2012 was consistently going for, like, was always in the hunt for a championship. When you're on those teams and you're a key cog, the fact that management keeps trade trying to trade you, that would be a little bothersome. One or two times I get it's all in the game, but. I think it was maybe four or five times they tried to get him. And I think they even successfully completed the trade once. To get rid of Allen. But then the other guy didn't pass his physical. So he was still in Boston. So there's that. On Allen's part. So the question is. Why did Ray Allen leave Boston to go join the Heat? Which is the main reason that. Rondo and Garnett and Pierce and whoever else wants to join in Don't fuck with Ray Allen musically anymore. That's that's not cool. The reason he left is because he felt mistreated by management and apparently mistreated by his teammates. Um you you just can't You can't operate that way. And he saw an opportunity to go to Boston. Oh, and another thing, Avery Bradley got on the team in like 2011 or something like that. And then they were routinely starting Avery Bradley Bradley over him. And Ray didn't want to not Ray wanted to be a starter. Ray was out there with the starters at the end, and Ray wanted to continue to be a starter. But then he's having this. Having Avery Avery Bradley take his spot consistently. So, Ray was mad about that. Uh, But a lot of people gave Ray shit for leaving to go to Miami. Obviously, Miami just won the title, their first title. He goes to Miami in 13. And without him, they lose the Spurs. Because if it wasn't for Ray Allen, they never fa- you never force overtime in Game Six, and they lose. Allen played two years in Boston, and then when LeBron left, he also stepped. He didn't resign with Miami, and then after much speculation, he never well, uh, went to another team again. Despite teams constantly trying to get him to come out of retirement. The disrespect levels from the other Celtics are crazy though. They're so petty. They're so petty. Like, Can't can't we just admit, hey, we, we did good and put aside our differences and celebrate together? Or are we really holding over Ray's head that he went to Miami? Like, Ray got did the dirtiest out of all of them next to Rondo. And Rondo's more his attitude problems. That he ultimately got out of Boston, and now he seems to be having a rebound season in New Orleans. Kate, I mean, obviously KG and Pierce were instrumental in getting all those Boston picks that Boston has, or all those Brooklyn picks that Boston has benefited from for the last several seasons. Very instrumental in all that. But you can't sit here and tell me that now, soon to be Hall of Famer Ray Allen. Shouldn't get invited to, go to your club anymore because he saw him with the Heat. I'm sure there's other things, locker room things, and personal issues here and there. But they really need to get off Ray's back, man. If Allen's not on that 2018, I don't know if KG and Pierce is enough to win the title. I don't know if they could beat Kobe in the finals. And then all the success they had following, I, I feel like they would have had less success. So we could be still senior, and it'd be a thirty-plus year drought for Boston and NBA championships instead of it just being a ten-year drought. Something to think about, man. Get off, get off Ray's case, man. Y'all need to go watch Black Panther together and feel some black unity and get over it. My God. And I've always been a big fan of Ray. I got a Ray. Ray Allen. Supersonics jersey. Chia. Last topic. Woo. So bro. I've. Got to mention this. And I got to check one thing. Before I I bring this up. Y'all all know Topanga. Right, Topanga Lawrence from uh Boy Meets World. Better known as Danielle Fishel Well, she's still fine as ever. Find it in a mug still. Shout out to Danielle Fischel. Uh, she was reprised her role to Panga in the recently canceled. Well, it was more like last two years ago, maybe it got canceled, maybe less than that now. Or maybe a little bit more. She reprised her role as Topanga on *Girl Meets World* as um, the the mother of the girl with Corey, with a uh, Ben Savage. That was fun. She had done a couple things here and there. I recall her constantly being in the Maximum Hot 100 list of the early 2000s. She was in Childish Gambino's Clapping for the Wrong Reason short film that's on YouTube describing this strange dream that she had to Donald as they pick acorns or something. It's really weird. It's Gambino. But she's potty mouthed and perfect there. It recently came out that she got engaged. I thought she was already married. Somebody would have locked that down already. But whatever. Recently came out. That she is engaged. And off the market. Bro. I'm so petty for this. But I don't care. You ever hear the rapper... Hot Carl, H-O-T-K-A-R-L. I knew Hot Carl from his appearance on the NBA Live 2003 soundtrack. Carl was a rapper from the early 2000s, and he won a battle contest at a local radio station of his. In an effort to cash in on the white rapper craze, A.K.M. a.k.a. the fact that Eminem was the biggest rapper in the world. Record labels were signing up white rappers left and right. Well, Jensen got a deal. Sorry, Hot Carl got a deal. Worked with producers such as Kanye West. And I won't say he worked with Pharrell, don't quote me. But the album never came out when it was supposed to. I think eventually the album was released. Since then, Hot Carl has transitioned himself, and he also has a book about how Kanye West owes him $300 that came out not too long ago. He's transitioned his way away from being the white rapper and has become an American writer, a comedian, an art dealer, producer, and a podcast host. And the former rapper was raised in Calabasas, California, and was previously known by a stage name of Hot Carl. So he's branched off into all these other things. He used to do a podcast with uh, the It's the Real Guys, Eric and Jeff Rosenthal. And it was called... Oh, I had on to my tongue, but now it's gone. They did about 30 episodes of this podcast, and I really liked it. But then they just stopped it. I think Eric and Jeff moved back to New York. He stayed in California. But I've been keeping up with Jensen every now and then. He had a podcast on the Smicast Network. Uh, for a while, and I believe he still has it. It's through one of the bigger podcast companies, and that name's not coming to me. But I've checked out his show, and it's not bad. I mean, it's not so <laughs> something I listen to regularly, but I enjoy it. Do yourself a favor and Google Hot Carl or Jensen Carp. J E N S E N K A R P. Check out Jensen and pair this dude up with. With Danielle Fischel. Or just Google Danielle Fischel engagement. And you'll see pictures of them together. That's who she's getting engaged to. Jensen, man. Our baby Topank is getting married to a white rapper. Oh my God. An unsuccessful white rapper. (laughs) Who has done a bunch of other stuff successfully. But the main thing is. (laughs) The main thing is. He messed things up with her. Or not that he messed things up with her. I don't even know where I was going with that. The main thing is he messed up as a rapper. And now she, she's getting married. Archpeng is getting married to a failed white rapper, man. But seriously, let me let me take my feelings out of it kudos to Jensen millions upon millions of people have wanted to take their shot at Danielle Fishel at getting some of that Topanga loving and many have tried some have gotten some leeway made some progress but ultimately she's set to marry this guy Mary Jensen he took his shot and he made it just like I talked about in episode fifty one, was that fifty two? Fifty two. You gotta shoot your shot, baby. You got to. And Jensen shot his with Danielle. I feel like at some point he mentioned that he was went to high school with her. Um, on a podcast before. God. Did it, uh and Jensen's actually uh, uh works on Drop the Mic that show that is on oh, on Drop the Mic and Joker's Wild those TBS shows and she's gushing about her wonderful boyfriend ah, I want to be Jensen <laughs> That's what essentially this whole thing comes down to. I want to be Jensen Carp in a situation he can be me and he can I wouldn't trade my family for the world. I promise. (laughs) I just thought I'd mention it. Congratulations to Danielle and Hot Carl, man. I'm not calling him Jensen. He's going back to Hot Carl. And of course, Google Hot Carl. See what that definition brings you. It's disgusting. And she's marrying him. Damn it, Danielle. Damn it, Danielle. <laughs> ah, shit, I'm ridiculous. Recommendations. No connection. I don't want to put a bunch of cues on there. I'm trying to do recommendations. I only got one, and it actually is related to the podcast that Hot Carl used to do with It's the Real Guys. It's an episode of A Waste of Time with It's the Real. It's the 167th episode. And it features everyone's favorite young hip-hop stoner, Wiz Khalifa. On there, Wiz talks about his career a little bit. Uh, talks about coming up in Pittsburgh and the steps he took to uh, eventually become a household name. Talk a little about the black and yellow period and the cushion orange juice period and just what he's doing now. It's a really insightful interview, though, because... It seems that Wiz, as most artists tend to do, they tend to get to a certain level. And then uh, they stop doing interviews. I don't want to do interviews. Yeah. So when they do interviews, it's a big deal. And they're done in a certain format where they're presented in the best light. And Wiz just kicked it with them and, and talked for about an hour or so. And it was it was re- really cool because, honestly... I've fallen off of the Wiz train. I was pretty heavy on it once I discovered Cushion Orange Juice. And the paper... The Rolling Papers era. But then... Wiz... Just... I I don't know if I... I don't think I outgrew Wiz. Because I still can enjoy a a Wiz song. But then when he tries... Tries to do certain things that are more popular with... uh, The current trends. I I don't really don't have a big... I'm not really into that. Like... We Boys... It was okay. Um, but yeah, uh, ch- check out that interview, episode 167. Let me double check that. Let me double check that. Episode 167, A Waste of Time with It's The Real. It's a lot of fun. And I also want to recommend A Waste of Time with It's The Real too because they're a hip-hop podcast and you get Eric and Jeff from the same guys from the It's The Real skits from late 2000s up until uh, like uh, they did all the hip hop sketches and things like that and they were hilarious hilarious like Nick Cannon so definitely check those out because they're a lot of fun Uh, I don't even know if they're still up but if you trusted those sketches you can trust this podcast is what I'm saying now if you enjoy the world's greatest podcast the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast here's what i need you to do go to itunes hit me with that five star rating the more you give me that five star rating the more people that do it the more eyes and ears get attached to the world's greatest podcast and that can only lead to bigger and better things if you're while you're there if while you're if you're there write a review good or bad i'll read it on the show and then the most important thing you can do is subscribe. If you subscribe on iTunes, as soon as the episode goes up on hyphen podcast group, um, well not as soon, but shortly after the episode goes up on hyphen podcast group.com, you will have the episode in your iTunes ready to listen to. So make sure you do that. Google Play Music for all my Android people. Search Nation. You can get all the episodes right there. If you go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com and click on this episode, episode 57, on actual uh, post, scroll to the bottom, you'll see a link for subscribe on Android. It will actually recommend apps to you for Android, including Google Play, where you can listen to Hyphen Nation. How cool is that? Then you got Stitcher, uh, old reliable Stitcher for those of you who still do that. The TuneIn app. You can find this on there. I'm trying to figure out Spotify, but I ain't figured it out yet. YouTube.com. Oh, my God. YouTube.com slash B-. You can find all the episodes on there. I just posted 56 last night. Moving right along. Getting a little, making my little deadline a little bit more workable. Um, What else? What else? Uh, If you Google hyphenation, do hyphenation podcast. And then we should be like the second one that comes up. Because there's still that hyphen dash nation podcast. That's not me. That's not me. That's something the New York Times did or something like that. Hyphenation podcast. That's what you want. Uh, How else can they check out the show? Of course, hyphenpodcastgroup.com. My personal website, hyphenuniverse.com. Hmm. Hmm. I forgot to mention this last episode, Blueberry. Uh, the same company that produces the plugin that helps hyphenpodcastgroup.com go. Uh, you can if you are into blueberry, you can search it on there and you'll find it on there as well. Uh, player FM, they are always one of the first sites to come up with results from episodes. So hyphen nation is on there too. If you're into player FM. But if you're in the RSS feeds. You can take the old URL feeds.feedburner.com/nation2016, or you go to hyphenation. Whoops, go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Go to the podcast page. Go to hyphenation page. You'll see an RSS link at the top of the hyphenation page. Take that RSS link, whether you're using the older or the new. Turn that some bitch sideways. Put it in your favorite audio listening device, and you can get all 56, 57 episodes of FIRE right there in your audio listening device. You're welcome. If you want to contact the show at B-H-Y-P-H-N on Twitter, Facebook.com slash hyphen universe, or be hyphen at gmail.com or hyphen podcast group at gmail.com or hyphen pie group on Twitter or facebook.com slash hyphen podcast group or hyphen podcast group on Twitter or on Instagram or the be hyphen on Instagram. No, I'm kidding. So have genuine interactions with people. Hug your dad. Kiss your mom. Dap up your brother. Hug your friend. Write an email. Write a letter. Tell somebody what they mean to you today. Take your shot. If Hot Carl can take his shot with one of the most coveted um, teen uh, stars of the 90s and win, you can too. Yeah. Power positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life. Do it. Do it now. You'll be all the better for it, no matter what that may be. Trust me. Trust me, bro. Come at me, bruh. It's 51, bruh. What else? Do I got any nuggets to share? Today? Do you? Love yourself. That's my message at the end of this episode. For everybody who's in a relationship. We're going back relationships real quick. Or any anybody who feels like they're in a, a friendship, relationship, anything like that, and you feel like you're losing yourself and who you are within the confines of that relationship. You may need to just be in a relationship with yourself and find out who you truly are before you can love anybody else. You gotta love yourself before you can love anybody else. That's an original right there. Copyright hyphen nation. Psych. Uh, 57 in the books next time I'll recap Wrestlemania and Raw and Smackdown but next time we're going to talk about boys the men thanks y'all